Amen. Thank you for the word of God this morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy 2020. Welcome to Hartford City Church. Um, it's good to be in a new year, isn't it? Amen. It's good to be in a new decade. So uh, I don't care if people say it doesn't really change. It gives us an opportunity to change, right, um, that God gives to us. So amen for that. And um, wow, wow, I'm actually, actually kind of excited. Um, what I'd like us to do just to focus our attention this morning is to just take another moment and um, just in some prayerful meditation and ask God to get us ready for what he has to say. So, Lord, we come to you, and we just want to quiet our minds and still our hearts in this moment. Lord God, a lot of things happened in this past year, and, Lord, we lift them to you. Lord, we lift our sadness and sorrow as well as even our joy and achievements, God. The good and the bad, Lord, we just recognize that it is in your hands, God. Lord, help us to remember that uh, we can't go back, but we can learn to be present in the moment, and we can learn to look to you for our future, God. So we pray that you would help us to do that today, especially, as we hear from your word, and as we listen to your spirit, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this is uh, the year 2020. Uh, you'll notice in this beautiful place that we meet, the Ukrainian National Home, that it's all decorated for Christmas in the lobby and on the stage. And um, our brothers and sisters in the Ukrainian community and others, they celebrate Christmas today. So they actually had a big Christmas Eve service last night, and then um, next week they celebrate New Year's. So I think we're going to get uh, decorations left up for two weeks. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, but it's kind of fun to extend it, isn't it? You know, it's not over and done. I know many people uh, in this community are celebrating Three Kings Day, right? And that's tomorrow, if I'm correct. And so, you know, there's something that, uh, you know, is good in that tradition. You know, Christmas season is supposed to last, you know, longer than just the day in New Year's. It lasts into January. It just reminds us uh, that there's a time to celebrate and be joyful. And sometimes uh, we don't learn to extend that, that season as well. Um, but I'm hoping that uh, surrounded by uh, the decorations of the Ukrainian Hall, we can continue to celebrate joy um, uh, through it, throughout this Christmas season that we are still in. Um, today I want to talk about vision and I want to talk about the theme that God has given us as Hartford City Church for the next year. First of all, I want to remind us that God has a vision for this world, that God has a way in which he wants things to be, a way in which he sees it. He has a plan that is unfolding. God has an intention for this world. And the reason that we don't see it is because it was corrupted. You know, there was sin that entered into the world, and there is an adversary named the devil or Satan who works against what God wants to do. And through our ancestors, Adam and Eve, uh, we became uh, complicit in that. We joined in that work to mar, to distort, uh, to discourage, to distract, uh, to uh, put things into bondage that God intended to be set free. So we understand that we live in a struggle. Can I get an amen? Was 2019 a struggle for anyone? Was it perhaps one of the biggest struggles? Do we know what it means to live in the tension of what we want to see happen and what has actually happened? And sometimes it gets so intense that we feel we will die or be ripped apart in the very middle. But friends, I want to proclaim to you today on the first Sunday in 2020 that God has a vision for the world and God has a plan for all of his creation and it includes most especially you and me in that as well. 
God loved the world so much, he loved people so much that he couldn't stay away. He decided to come close. He decided to put on skin and bones in the form of Jesus Christ and come into our world to be with us and to live with us and to show us the way. So therefore, Jesus Christ is the embodiment of God in the world, the highest and fullest expression of God's love for each and every one of us. And when Jesus came upon this earth that we celebrate and commemorate this Christmas season, I want us to go to his very first public address, his inaugural address. Maybe you could say it was his New Year's sermon that he gave when he said, this is going to set the tone for everything that I'm about to do. And what he did was in his synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth, he took the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he read from Isaiah 61, which is the seed verse for this church, friends, for Hartford City Church. This vision of God as explained and espoused by Jesus as his mission statement is what we felt inspired us to even plant this Hartford City Church some four and a half years ago. But listen, if you would please, just listen as I read along, and you can look it up later in Luke chapter 4. It says that Jesus went up to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read, oh, as was his custom, friends, just a side note, even Jesus went to church every week, amen. I mean, Jesus wasn't even above going to the synagogue as was his custom, because when you love God, you love the people of God, and they go hand in hand. And he stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus came to announce and inaugurate the kingdom of God, which is the vision of God that was going to be enacted in the world. A part of this vision is recovery of sight for the blind. And as we focus on vision, that's what I want to talk about, is that our blindness, Jesus came to heal. You see, for when Jesus healed those who were physically blind, it wasn't just about the physical blindness. He also addressed the people around them in the way that they saw the person who was blind. And sometimes he even went so far as to address the way that person saw themselves. For when Jesus said he came to give recovery of sight for the blind, Jesus was saying there's a way in which we cannot see the glory and the intention of God, and I've come to heal your vision. Oh, friends, I proclaim to you that Jesus Christ has come to heal our vision and to give us true and spiritual sight. For through Jesus Christ, three things happen. One, we can see God more clearly and accurately. Jesus Christ, we can all agree on, is the greatest picture of God that we will ever get. So by looking at Jesus Christ and listening to him and following him, we will get a more clear and accurate vision or, or picture of who God is. Secondly, Jesus Christ helps us to see ourselves as we really are. To see ourselves as God created and intended for us to be. Jesus heals our vision of God and he heals our vision of ourselves. And finally, friends, he helps us to see the world and others around us as God intended and created the world to be. So we are looking for healed vision in 2020. So Hartford City Church, we proclaim that 2020 for us is the year of perfect vision. Amen. And we know that only God's vision is perfect. So we are asking for nothing less 
then the vision of God is presented through Jesus Christ that will help us to see him, to see us, and to see others more clearly and more accurately in the year 2020. Now, friends, we know that only God's vision is perfect. Therefore, we are absolutely dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit to regenerate our hearts and our minds and our eyes so that we can understand and see clearly the way that God wants us to see. Friends, for our theme verse, I've chosen a portion of what Brian so beautifully read for us this morning from Acts chapter 26, verses 17 and 18. And I'd like to read it again, this time from the message version, as you hear these words that will become our theme for this year, 2020. The Lord has spoke directly to the Apostle Paul, who was also named Saul. And he said, I am sending you off to open the eyes of the outsiders so they can see the difference between dark and light and choose light. And the difference between Satan and God and choose God. And I'm sending you off to present my offer of sins forgiven, a place in the family, and inviting them into the company of those who begin real living by believing in me. Amen. And right before I break this down for us this morning, I want us to look a little bit at the context and the setting uh, of, of this uh, passage of Scripture this morning. The Apostle Paul, or Saul as he was also known, was one of the most important figures in the history of Christianity. Um, he is the one who wrote most of the New Testament that we have. Um, but Paul did not always begin out as a Christian. Paul began as a Pharisee. You'll remember that the Pharisees were the ones who were very zealous, very, very adamant about purity to God's law and holding on to the way that God wants us to worship. And remember, he was raised in that very strict religious tradition, but there was also a passion that was fueled by a desire to worship God and to honor God and to give God his due. You remember several weeks ago we talked about Hanukkah and how that interacts with the story of Christianity, right? And during Hanukkah they talked about the Maccabees and the revolution to restore the temple away from the Greeks back to the Jews, back to their own people. I mean, it was an inspiring story that Paul would have grown up on. And that inspiration led him to become very active against Christianity. So Paul became a persecutor of those who followed Christ because he saw Jesus Christ as a threat. He could not yet see Jesus for who Jesus was. But like many other Jews, he saw him as a threat. He saw him as someone who was a threat to their way of life, a threat to their religion. And, and he began persecuting the Christians. He began gathering up those who followed the way, as they called them, and taking them into prison and sometimes beating them and treating them badly, right? And he was persecuting them with a vengeance to the point when one of the first church leaders, Stephen, was stoned to death. Paul was standing there holding the cloaks of those who were doing it, giving his approval and authority and saying yes. And friends, what that means when they stone someone is they would put Stephen in a ditch in the ground, a hole, and they would throw rocks at him until he died and the entire hole was filled with rocks and he was literally buried alive. This was no shot in the head. This was a brutal and long process of killing someone out of your hatred for what they believe in. And Paul was standing right there giving his approval. And so Paul was a Pharisee, and Paul was a persecutor. And we read in the book of Acts that Paul got news that there were some followers of the way in Damascus, and he went to the Jewish authorities and said, give me some permission, give me some letters, give me some, some kind of official document so that I can go to Damascus and I can round up these people, these Christians, you know, who are out to destroy us and everything else, and let me round them up and treat them harshly and bring them into jail, and let me do that. So Paul sat off 
on the road to Damascus. And friends, many of us know something very famous and something very powerful happened on the road to Damascus. Paul was hit by a blinding light. Hallelujah. That's why the title of this message is called Blinded by the Light. That's why some of you maybe thought I was crazy when you heard Blinded by the Light when you came into the sanctuary this morning. But you see, we need to understand that what we're talking about is applicable to all of life. You see, when Jesus comes, there's no longer this separation between the secular and the sacred. But Jesus says, I've come to bring everything to oneness. You see, there is just one world that God has created, one God, one Lord and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And because of that, because of his great love, he stopped Paul cold in his tracks. He blinded him with the light. He knocked him off his ass, or maybe it was a horse he was riding. And he just knocked him right off whatever he was riding, the donkey, whatever. Knocked him off of it, knocked him onto the ground. He was literally blinded, right? And the voice of Jesus came to him. And the voice of Jesus spoke to him. And many years later, Paul was recounting that experience to King Agrippa, as Brian read for us. And King Agrippa was the last Herod in the line of Herods that we read about in the stories of the gospel in the early apostles, right? And he was the last Herod to rule. And he, Paul was appearing before him and recounting that experience, what had happened. And then after Jesus spoke to him, Paul was literally blinded. But again, his physical blindness just revealed also his spiritual blindness. And he was led into Damascus and the brothers and sisters there, his eyesight was healed. They discipled him. They taught him. And the Lord began to speak to him about the mission that he was going to send him on into the world, and especially to those who were considered Gentiles or the outsiders. So Paul went out, friends, and he became the very first church planter. You know, he's the, the patron saint of us church planters. That Paul went out and he went all over the Mediterranean world. He went into modern-day Turkey. He went into Greece. Eventually, he went even got as far as Rome, and some think he might have even gone into Spain at some point. But he planted churches all over, and everywhere he went, he got in trouble. Everywhere he went, the Jewish leaders in the town, they were upset with him because people don't like it when you used to be on their side and then you switch over to the other side, right? When you used to be doing something that you're not supposed to be doing and you start doing what's right, it doesn't make everybody happy. And not only the Jewish leaders, but in many of the cities, the secular elders and leaders of the city saw him as a threat. So Paul was in trouble everywhere that he went. The persecutor became the persecuted, all for the sake of Jesus Christ. And he was beaten, he was put in prison, he was run out of towns, and sometimes he had to sneak out of other towns. But Paul was always stirring up trouble. And Paul found himself often on the run. And we get to the passage that we read this morning. We're towards the end of the narrative that we have in Acts. Paul was once again arrested, brought into custody. The Jews wanted to kill him, but the Romans were in charge and he was brought before the authorities. And as they started to mistreat him, he said, wait a minute, I'm a Roman citizen. And people said, what? You're a Roman citizen? Yes. It turns out that Paul's father was a Roman citizen. So he was born a Roman citizen and his mother was Jewish. And when he appealed to that, they knew that he had to go all the way to Rome. And Paul knew he was going to get to Rome. He didn't know exactly how, but God had promised him he would get there somehow, some way. Amen. How many of you know the experience that God takes you where he wants you to go, but it's not always the way that you thought you would get there? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Even something like being arrested, being brought before the authorities, even being beaten. He's like, wait a minute, I'm a Roman citizen. And they're like, what? Okay, let's hold on. Maybe we're going to have to send you to Rome. Even to one point where after he gets done with King Agrippa, King Agrippa says, you know what? I don't find anything wrong with this dude. I actually could have let him go if he hadn't appealed to Rome, right? But God had a plan. God had a plan that was greater than anyone else's plan for Paul's life. And Paul eventually went to Rome and proclaimed the gospel there. 
And all along the way, he testified in this verse that we read. He said, here is my mission. Here is what God has given me to do. God said, I am sending you. I am sending you off to open the eyes of the outsiders. He's sending Paul, who was blinded to reveal his own blindness, who had his sight restored and his spiritual sight restored, was now sent to open the eyes, especially of the outsiders, the Gentiles they were called, the people of other races, ethnicities, nations, other languages that were not part of the Jewish people. He was sent to them to open their eyes. Friends, what was Paul blinded by? Yes, he was blinded by the light and he experienced some physical blindness, but he was blind long before that, right? He was blinded by his religion, to be quite honest. His religion and the way that he was practicing it had blinded him to be able to see who Jesus was. Jesus many times said to the Jewish people, you know, I'm the one that all you're studying about has talked about, and yet you can't see me. You're blinded by it. Paul was blinded by his pride, right? We know that. Our pride can blind us to the things of God. He was blinded by his power and his thirst for power. Paul was blind long before he was struck by light. And God wanted to heal him of that blindness, to open his eyes so that he could see truly who God really was. Friends, what blinds us today? What is the blindness that we have today that keeps us from seeing the true light of Jesus Christ? I want us to deal seriously with that, to humble ourselves before the Lord, beginning now and all throughout this year, and say, God, I, there, uh, there may be blindness in my life. There may be blindness. Am I blinded by hatred? Am I blinded by pride? Am I blinded by greed or lust? Am I blinded by the lies and schemes of the enemy? Am I blinded because I don't see myself the way God wants me to see myself? Or I don't see others the way God wants me to see others? Or perhaps even we have some view of God that is not accurate. And God wants to heal our blindness this morning. Friends, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that literally it is impossible for us to understand the things of God on our own. Let me say that again. It's impossible for us to understand the things of God on our own. That means for us to see God and to see what God sees, it's impossible for us to do that on our own. When we hear the words of God, when we hear preaching or teaching from the word of God, we cannot understand spiritual things. It's impossible for us to understand it. On her own. But he said it's absolutely necessary that you have the Holy Spirit to help you see and understand the things of God. Friends, that's what we got to pray for. We got to stop getting mad at people that don't understand, the people that can't see, right? If they truly can't understand, if they truly can't see, then it's only because they haven't yet received the Holy Spirit of God. And we are supposed to receive and be filled with and live under the authority of the Holy Spirit of God. And when we're not, we're like stumbling around in the darkness. We can't see things clearly. We don't know which direction to go. And the world is blind. And the world is lost in darkness. And God said, I love them so much that Paul, I'm sending you. I'm sending you to open their eyes. And I believe God is saying to us, Hartford City Church, I'm sending you this year to open the eyes of all of those who feel like they're on the outside of God and the outside of the church without hope in this world. And I want to send you who've been healed in your vision to open the eyes of others, to help them see the difference between light and dark, 
That's the distinction, right, between light and dark. There is darkness in this world. We're born under a shroud of darkness. And until through the Holy Spirit, by receiving and believing in Jesus Christ, that is lifted from us, we will never see clearly. But once it's lifted, God sends us to others to proclaim to them, hey, you can be healed. You can be forgiven. Your sight can be restored. You can understand things that you could never understand. You can believe things that you never thought you could believe if you had received the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to understand, friends, in this year, 2020, in this time, I believe this is very important. We need to understand the difference between dark and light. Because there is a difference in this world. And we need to be able to discern that. I want to take you to Ephesians. And uh, Xavier, you can go ahead and put the slide up with the verses. Because I want you guys to be able to, to study these on your own a little bit. And to, um, to dig more into them. But in Ephesians chapter 5, really verses 1 through 20 talks about light versus darkness. But I just want to read this center portion beginning in verse 8. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. That's what the light is, friends. Everything that is good, that is right, that is true is of the light. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Friends, it's time to wake up. Hallelujah. It's time to wake up. I don't know. There are people who say they're Christians. They're asleep right now, right? The world is asleep. We need to wake up, amen? We need to wake up and see the light. We need to walk in the light. The things that are shameful, the things that are deceitful, the things that destroy us, those are the things done in the darkness. But the word of God is saying that a light is coming, right? And once you've been illuminated, you become a light, right? Sometimes your very presence is a light in people, amen? How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, by the grace of God, I've walked into situations, and before I said a word, that person knew that conviction was coming upon their life. I didn't have to say one single word, but the presence of God is a light in people's life, and they understand that change needs to come. We can no longer live in the darkness. We can no longer live like we're asleep. Friends, we're stumbling around in the dark, and the solution is quite simple. Turn on the light, amen? You get up at night, you try not to turn on the light, right, to mess up with everybody else, right? And you think you know how to go, and sometimes you can do all right. But if you start stubbing your toe and you start not finding where the door is, right, and you're like, I mean, just turn on the light, right? But we get used to, oh, I can see fine in the dark. I can see in the dark. I get my eyes adjusted to it. And you know what? I'm good. I can go around in the dark. Friends, do you really want to live in the dark? All we do is complain when it's cloudy and dark outside, right? We want the light. We long for the sun. We long for warmth. We long for love. We long for fellowship. We long for the light, friends. And God is saying in 2020, friends, we need to learn the difference between dark and light and choose the light. Friends, and, and I, I've lived my life this way. I don't so much as want to tell you what the difference is. The word of God in this passage explains a lot of things. It says the darkness are things like, you know, um, being sexually immoral or impure, being greedy, being unthankful. You know, you know those are things that, that, re that relate to the darkness. Getting drunk and that leading into all kinds of foolishness in your life. Those are the deeds of darkness, right? The Bible says what it is. But listen, here's what I want to say to you, friends. I'm not here to tell you exactly what is light and what is dark. 
The Word of God says specifically, I'm here to teach you how to discern what the difference is between light and darkness. You see, for the Holy Spirit of God in your life is going to be better than me or anyone else at helping you to understand what is light and what is darkness in your life. Amen. How many of you know that? How many of you experienced that? Anybody here experienced the convicting and changing power of the Holy Spirit? Anybody? And it was better than any person in your life? It might have been the exact same thing, my mom said, but somehow the Holy Spirit said it in a way that it got to me, right? Right? I tried to put it off, but somebody else said it. But the Holy Spirit began to convict me. I began to see for myself what the truth was, to have it revealed to me. And friends, in 2020, we need to walk towards the light. Amen? Because as you and I walk towards the light, we become lights for this dark world. Hallelujah. Friends, I want to challenge us. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12. Here's a verse you can hang on to. You need a verse for the year. Here's it. John chapter 8. Um, I believe it's verse 12. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If anyone follows me, they will no longer walk in darkness. But they will have the light of life. Can I get an amen on that? Can I get an amen on that? We're going to focus on Jesus Christ unapologetically, unashamedly, and with fervor in this year 2020. Because Jesus Christ helps us to see more clearly God, ourselves, and the world that he created. And the best way to know Jesus Christ is to read about him. So I'm issuing a gospel challenge, friends. Some of you may have taken the challenge in December to read through the book of Luke. That's good. If you didn't, I'm giving you a second opportunity. I'm challenging you in 2020 to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, by the year's end, okay? Would you take that challenge with me? Because if we want to know Jesus, we need to read about Jesus. And pay attention. In a lot of Bibles, the words that he spoke are in the red letters. So pay attention to those, right? But pay attention also to the way that he lived. Pay attention to the way people reacted to him. Follow his teaching, his life, and then look at exactly what his death and resurrection means for us and for the world. Friends, would you take the gospel challenge in 2020? That if you want to have perfect vision, that you're going to read about Jesus. And Jesus is going to heal us so that we can see God, ourselves, and others more clearly. Oh, friends, I pray that each and every one of you would take that challenge along with me this year. And let us make it a goal that we will read through the Gospels at least once during the year of 2020. The Apostle John puts it like this in chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 5. If you want to go back to the, uh, the scriptures there. In uh, John uh, chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, he, um, he says this. This is the message we heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Hallelujah. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. Amen. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie. We don't live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus purifies us. From all of our sin. Amen. We must learn the difference between dark and light and choose the light. It also says we must learn the difference between God and Satan and choose God. You see, there's an adversary who is real in this world. The spiritual realm is real. And in this year of 2020, if we're going to have healed vision, we need to have our vision open up spiritually to see that there's a battle going on. There's a struggle. There's a challenge, right? And the things that bring us destruction, the things that bring us bondage, the things that bring us decay, the things that oppress us and bind us, those are the things of the devil. The devil is real. The devil is alive. The devil is a liar. And we need to learn to see when the devil is at work in this world. And we need to learn to see where God is at work in this world. Where there are things that are bringing life, things that are bringing truth, things that are bringing us more joy and peace, right? And friends, I, I want to break this down because sometimes I think we get, it, it's a devil's trick to get us all tied up in our minds, right? I'm simply saying, where is there light in your life? Follow that light. 
Where is there love and joy and peace growing in your life? Lean into that. Go there, right? That's where God, and trust when you receive the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is going to guide you. Oh, the devil wants us to get hung up on what other people say about us, on what other people want to say on the internet. The devil wants us to get hung up and get us confused about what's going on. But I know, according to everything that I proclaimed from the scripture this morning, that when I'm confused or I don't understand or I'm feeling some kind of way or when I'm not sure that I can go to the word of God, I can look at Jesus Christ, I can believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and real in me and that I will see and I will understand what God's will is for my life. Then all I got to do is follow it and trust him. You know, trust him. Friends, God is calling us to help people see the difference between light and dark and choose the light. And the difference between God and Satan and choose God. And finally, friends, and this is, this is the best part of the sermon this morning, the gift that Paul says we are to offer to everyone that he's offering to you this morning. He says, first of all, it's forgiveness of sin. 1 John 1 goes on to say, right in verse 8, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful. God is just. He will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. If we claim to be without sin, it says, we're liars and we're calling God a liar, okay? So no perfect people, all right? We're not perfect people here, right? I'm not going to be a liar or call God a liar. So am I a sinner? Yes. Do I make mistakes? Yes. Do I need help? Yes. Thank you, Jesus, right? I need the Lord's help in my life. I am certainly not perfect. But if I want to have perfect vision, I've got to have the Holy Spirit show me what that is. Because of his power, not mine. Hallelujah. Forgiveness of sins. Oh, friends, if you let God forgive you of your sins, you can be so free. You can be so free and so alive this morning. Let his light shine. When the light turns on, you just see the mess. And you don't have to get depressed or upset about the mess. You just clean up the mess. And how do you clean up the mess? You hand the broom and the pan to Jesus and say, do your work. And you let him do it. Amen. Amen. That's all it is, right? We get so twisted, right? Twisted by the devil. Somebody says, hey, there's a mess you need to clean up. And the devil says, oh, they don't like you. Oh, they say you're stupid. Oh, they think that you're no good. Oh, you are no good. Oh, you must be terrible. you got to hide that stuff. You better turn off the light and shove all that stuff under the bed. And I've just got to believe Jesus is standing there going, what? All I want to do is clean it up. Just let me clean it up. You'll feel better. Everyone will feel better. You know, it's, it's no big thing. Just let me clean it up. Clean up the mess in your life. Just turn on the light. Let it happen. Forgiveness of sin. Second thing, a place in God's family. Hallelujah, right? So the gift is that your sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. And you have a place in God's family. Friends, right? Right? How many of us have the families that we want? Amen. Nobody raised their hand, right? How many of us, through God, we do through the church family, right? But how many of us know that sometimes our families disappoint us? Amen? Sometimes. Sometimes our families frustrate us, right? Amen, right? Sometimes our families put burdens on us, right? And sometimes we feel alone in this world, friends. We do. Because none of us is perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. And he invites us into a family, into a place to belong. In God's house, there is always room for you. God will never change your room and give it to somebody else. Amen. You will always have your room in the house of God. He will keep it for you with a light on. Amen. And God says you are always welcome. And especially the outsiders, especially those who have been pushed out. God says there's a place for you. So there's forgiveness of sins. There's a place in God's family. And then finally he says that you will receive life by believing in me, the kind of life that's really life. 
Jesus talks about it being abundant, being overflowing, uh, being good, being the kind of life that begins now and lasts forever, the kind of life that we really dream about when we dare to dream, the kind of life where we give our life to Christ, but he gives us his life for us, which is so much better. It's the greatest gift exchange in the entire world, friends. We think about Three Kings Day tomorrow, and we think about the giving of gifts, right? We think about what is the greatest gift, amen, yes, amen, that we could ever receive, right? When I was a kid, man, I just loved music. Anybody else love music? And when I was a kid, I looked for the biggest box under the tree, right? And when I was a kid, all I wanted to get was, I'll see if anybody knows what this is. I would carry it like this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right, and maybe it was a little bigger, right? For those of you who don't know, we had boom boxes back in the day, amen. I'm going to give you a little history lesson right now, right? We, we didn't have nothing on our phones at that time. We had boom boxes, right? And they were big, and they took those big batteries. Remember those big batteries you had to have? And you had to have like eight or ten of them, right, or twelve of them. And you put them in the back, and I wanted it even bigger than this. But this was a box you'd carry like this, or you'd carry like this. And I'd go in the store, and I'd be like, oh, I want these boom boxes. And who remembers cassette tapes? Raise your hand. Who am I talking to this morning? Cassette tapes, right? And I would hit that eject button, and if it had soft eject, ooh, remember that? Came out slowly. And then you had two, whoever dubbed tapes, mixed tapes. That's where the word mixtape comes from, right? We had to record those things ourselves, right? You know what I'm talking about? Angels like, praise the Lord, I'm not that old. I didn't have to deal with that. But this is the kind of box we were looking for. Because this was the box we wanted, right? Or the gift that we wanted. But today, it's a box like this that people are looking for, right? Because this is the box that holds the iPhone or the Galaxy 10. <laughs> or the Pixel 4, or whatever you're looking for. And it's so much better than the boombox. And it does so much more. I mean, you got your phone, you got your maps, you got your apps, you got your games, you got your music, you got access to everything, right? You got your snaps, and you got your chats, and you got everything you can do on this, right? You got a calculator, you got a flashlight. I mean, this, and so this is the box we're looking for, right? But try to tell a little kid which gift do you want, right? And at some point, they're like, I want the big one, you know? Even though who in their right mind would take this boom box with those crazy D batteries that you can't even hardly buy anymore, right? Who would take that today when something much better is being offered? When something much more valuable is being offered to you? Friends, the greatest gift exchange you can make is to take your life, as good or as not good as you think it is, to take your life. And give it to Jesus. And in return, you will receive his life. Which the world may not understand. Which may look smaller to the world. But inside is the greatest treasure that we could ever find. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in our lives. Would you bow your heads in prayer this morning? I just want to give anyone an opportunity today that has not yet given their life to Christ and wants to receive Jesus Christ to do so. If you need to give your life to Jesus, and you want to receive his life, the Holy Spirit, would you just raise your hand this morning if that's you, and I just want to pray for you. Just raise your hand, amen, thank you. Just raise your hand, amen, and I just want you to pray this, all right? Just pray in your heart. Say, Lord, I give you my life. Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Welcome me into your family. Give me eternal real life. You might even want to picture the gifts that I showed you. Just picture giving your life to Christ and picture receiving the Holy Spirit in return. Lord, I pray for everyone that prayed that prayer this morning. That this year, 
would become for them the greatest year of their life. Lord God, that as your light shines in them, that they would become lights to everyone around them. Amen. Let's celebrate it. Thank you for everyone that prayed that prayer. Let's, let's welcome them. Let's, let's celebrate what God just did in our life. Amen. 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 And then I want us all to join in this mission, okay? A lot of times we sit and we talk about things and we get stirred up. But friends, it begins to become real in our life when we take specific actions. So I'm going to ask our ushers to hand out this card to you this morning. And on this side it says, my three. And I'm going to ask you if you would to pray about three names that you could write down. Because if we receive this life, God is sending us to share it with others. So if you need a pen, just let uh, John or Phil know that you need a pen. And they've got pens to give you. But I want you to pray about three people, right? Amen. You know, God, it's about growing the kingdom. I mean, if we end up, if everybody in this room ended up praying for three people and they all came to church, that would be fantastic. But more importantly, I pray that they would all come into the kingdom of God, wherever they are, right? So I want you to pray about, if you're serious about the mission that God has given us, if you want to say, yes, I believe I'm a part of that. And I put the verse on the side, I believe that God is sending me through the help of the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of others. I'm praying for these three people that they would see the difference between dark and light and choose the light. I'm praying for this person that they would see the difference between God and Satan in their life and they would choose God. I'm praying that this person would receive the gift of forgiveness of sins and a place in God's family and life everlasting and evermore. Amen. Are there some people you want to pray that for this year? I hope so, friend. Would you write down three names and would you take this with you? And would you put it in your Bible, put it on your dresser, tape it on your mirror, and pray for these people that God would open their eyes. Because friends, if your eyes have been opened, hallelujah, and we celebrate that this morning, then God wants others to have the same experience that we've been blessed with. Amen. So I want you to prayerfully consider in this moment three people that God would lay on your heart to pray for. And then to take this with you. Right? Let, let's just see. Let's just see what God's going to do, right? Right? I make no promises on behalf of God. I'll let God do what he wants to do. But I have this feeling that God wants to do something in the lives of some people that has not yet been done. That 2020 could really be a year of perfect vision, of healed vision, of new vision. For not only us, but for those that we love. Those that we love. And you might want to take this with you. That's okay. You might just have one right now, and you might want to take it with you and pray about it. You might, you might be so inspired that you start writing names on the back. I don't know. I don't know. You might write a whole list of names, you know. You might start with your family. You might start with your friends. But, but there are people that God's calling us to, friends. And our job is never just to be healed, but to go and bring healing to others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember the words of the Bible, everyone that is illuminated becomes a light. When Jesus Christ illuminates your life, you become a light for Christ in this dark world. Amen. Amen. So I encourage everyone to fill this out. These will be available for anyone that isn't able to get it today. If anyone's listening online or listening to this later in the week, these cards will be available at the welcome table all throughout this month. Right? So that we can invite everyone to be involved in this process. If you know someone who couldn't be here today and you want to take one to them, you can do that as well. But I hope and trust and pray that we all would be praying for and seeing how God wants to use us in the lives of at least three people this year. Amen. Let us pray to that end. Father God, we submit 
uh, these names to you. We ask Jesus Christ that their eyes would be open to see the difference between light and dark and choose the light. To see the difference between Satan and God and choose God. Lord, we pray for these names that they would receive forgiveness of their sins, that they would find their place in your family, and that they would receive eternal life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Just speak their names to God in this moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many names just come to your mind. Speak them to him right now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, hear our prayers. God, hear the prayers of our hearts right now. Lord, hear the prayers of our spirits right now. Hallelujah. Lord, God, heal our vision in 2020. Give us your perfect vision. close today, we bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord, the gifts that God desires for us to give, to be as generous as we can. If you're not able to give today, please know that's okay. We pray that God will provide for you. You may have the desire, but not the means. God sees your heart, and he'll provide for you. But we also know that God will provide for us. So we're trusting that everyone that's a part of our church will be as generous as possible as we can in the year 2020. And we thank everyone. You can give online through our website anytime, anywhere. We also received the offering this morning. There's envelopes. If you'd like to use an offering envelope, you can just ask the usher for one and they'll give you that. Let's pray for the offering and then we'll sing together our closing song for light to come into our lives and to the world. Father God, we ask now in Jesus' name that you would bless us, Lord, that you would open up the floodgates of heaven and provide for everything that we need, Lord. We thank you for the giving that has gone on before us. We thank you for the giving of people from around the country, God. We thank you for the giving of those who couldn't be here this morning. We thank you for the giving of those who are here this morning, Lord God. And we look forward to the giving of those that you are yet to bring to Hartford City Church, God. And we ask that you would receive this as an act of worship, that you would multiply it and use it, that we might proclaim this message of light and life through believing and receiving Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior in a strong and powerful way in the year 2020, Lord God. We offer up these gifts, but also ourselves and our lives to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And after the bucket is passed to you, you may stand and join us in worship.